Hello everyone. My name is Dermot Kavanagh and you are back for the latest edition of the Arbor Road podcast. This week we're going to be talking about local elections that have recently been held in Croatia. Now to speak about this topic with me, I'm pleased to introduce Kaya Pavlinic. Hello Kaya, how are you doing? Hi, I'm great. How are you doing? I am fantastic. So <laughs> Kaya president of a non-profit sustainable development forum Green Window in Zagreb and Kaya is also the vice president of the Croatian Youth Network. So we're going to focus in on the election results from Croatia, we're going to focus heavily on Zagreb and we're going to talk a bit about youth policy and the next generation of, of people coming up in Croatia in general. How does that sound Kaya? Sounds great. Fantastic. Okay, let's let's get down to it. So do you want to give us a little bit of information about the, the political landscape in Croatia in general, and then we can dive into the results of the elections? Sure. Um, so as I've told before, I'm not really an expert on the topic, but you could say I am following the politic, uh, political situation in Croatia quite a quite a lot since I've been working in the field of youth work for the past seven years, but I'm also an entrepreneur. So there's, you know, a lot of politics related to that. So this is why I basically had to follow everything um, for on the national level. Um, things have been quite consistent for the past few years. Um, our government is basically center-right. Um, and since last year, our president is um, center-left. Um, it's Zoran Milanovic from Social Democratic Party. Um, and also the Croatian um, Democratic Party is basically um, in the government. Um, what is uh, what has been quite dynamic was the situation uh, on the level of the city of Zagreb, the capital of Croatia, mm -hmm. where um, there has been the same mayor for the past 20 years. Um, it was Milan Bandic. And basically he's, he's quite known for a lot of cases of corruption, nepotism, and basically um, Zagreb went into a lot of debt um, because of him. Okay. Um, recently, he passed away um, unexpectedly, and this caused a lot of um, stirred conversations, but also changed the dynamic of the elections that were supposed to happen um, this year, because um, he was, of course, one of the main candidates for um, the mayoral election. And um, his main um, candidate who wanted to challenge him was Tomislav Tomasevic from the green option um, that's called Mojimo or translated We Can. Um, so basically this platform started um, as an activist platform and kind of evolved into a political party. Um, it's the most, I would say the most powerful green um, party in Croatia right now. Before that we had Orach, uh, which was um, quite powerful a few years ago. However, since then they lost a lot of um, their capacities and a lot of their power. So now we can or Mojimo is basically uh, the most powerful option for everybody who wants to vote green and who supports sustainable development and similar policies. Um, so then um, Tomislav Tomasevic from this party um, actually won the first round of the mayoral election. Um, it was a very wide margin of 46% of the votes. And, you know, keep in mind that there has been a lot of candidates mm -hmm. um, in the first round. And um, in the second um, second round of the elections, um, he won, won by a powerful 200,000 
um, votes. Um, it's around 70% um, of total votes. So now he has been chosen as the as the mayor of Zagreb, which is you know making me really happy, but also a lot of other citizens, since this is a big change in the way Zagreb is being led. Um, but of course, since Zagreb is the capital, it kind of influences the it, the direction in which the whole Croatia is kind of going. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like a great a great result in in Zagreb, and I know I I believe there is similar a similar campaign in Split. Now I think <laughs> in, in Split in the end the the Conservatives won. Am I correct in saying that? But um, was, so um, I'm I yeah. So for the city of Split, um, it was actually a central liberal party which won, which was also a turn. Um, yeah. So we actually have a new mayor, Ivica Pulak. He's actually a really great scientist. And he is also leaning towards um, some green policies, some liberal policies, but it's it also um, steered quite a change in in split. So yeah. actually, um, this this lo these local elections have been very significant because you know um, in both Zagreb and Split, the most the biggest cities in in Croatia, there has been um, a big change, which actually showed that you know citizens wanted to choose something new. Um, they leaned towards new options and they wanted, you know, to have somebody who's um, more progressive, who's more green, um, who takes care about other topics than what has been in the political discourse for the past few years. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant to see things moving in a new direction. And as you said, yeah. a progressive one. So before we before we focus in on, on Zagreb and, and a little bit on Split, how did the, the elections go overall? The Conservatives technically um, they won, mm -hmm. but they lost. Would that be correct in saying? Yeah, well, depends on how you frame it. So, you know, it depends because there's a lot of counties and a lot of cities in Croatia. And, you know, you can basically take over the majority in a quantitative way. But when you look at, you know, the budgets and the yearly budgets of uh, certain regions, we can definitely say that, you know, the right wing has suffered um, and conservative parties have suffered quite a loss just because you know they they have practically won the east of Croatia which is one of the poorest areas in Croatia um, east is of course traditionally more conservative um, but you know the budget is not there so the majority of the budget is Zagreb split Rijeka um, all the all the cities where they're not in charge anymore so they are saying it's still a huge win for them <laughs> but when you take a look at the numbers you can see that they're actually losing power and what's what's quite interesting is that Mojimo weekend party has become now the third most powerful political option while the social democrats are actually losing the power so in the upcoming few years there could even be some change where you know um croatian democratic party and the social democrat party have been the most powerful ones since the independence of croatia and now we could get a new player in the in the first two so this is this is something that could be potentially very very interesting yeah, it's very exciting, if nothing else, to see new parties emerging and doing well. And I also see from the results here that independents hold a lot of power in Croatia. After the conservatives, they have the most seats in terms of mayor, mayor, current sitting mayors, let's say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's mostly because um, there has been so much different um, talks about 
corruption cases and nepotism cases and a lot of affairs and scandals in the past few years in the media where people just wanted to vote for somebody um, who's either independent or belongs to the new parties. Um, we saw a huge, quite a significant decrease in the power of you know the parties that have been the most popular ones for the past few years. So this is definitely a stir that has been happening. Um, I'm actually pretty glad that, you know, more independent and especially more young people are getting the opportunities to lead the counties and the cities. And, you know, I always say that we're not really sure if that's going to work out well, um, even for Zagreb, but I'm definitely glad that they got the opportunity because they deserved it. So um, I think we should definitely support that, but also keep them very accountable uh, for their actions, especially for the bigger cities like Zagreb and Split. Oh, of course. I mean, accountability, regardless of party lines or yeah. <laughs> being independent or not, it's completely expected. But it is always nice to see independents perform well because they traditionally don't have the money to campaign somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't have the famous po political friends that the big parties mm -hmm. can rely on. Yeah, it's very it's very interesting when you look at the, for example, the donations for um, Tomasiewicz's selection. You could see that he has been mostly funded by hundreds of individual donors. Where usually you see like you know big companies or even NGOs with like a lot of budget um, in their donations list, and you can see that Tomasiewicz actually had a lot of small small donors from you know hundred euros, um, fifty euros. So every Everyone gave what they were able to, um, but this has been very nice to see that, you know, he's actually funded by the community and not by strong organizations or corporations. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's focus in a bit on Tomasiewicz then and Zagreb mm -hmm. in general, because it sounds like it was an interesting campaign because it mm -hmm. seems like two very different prominent <laughs> candidates. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, it's definitely fair to say where um, on the on one hand, in the second round, you had a right wing candidate, uh, Miroslav Skoro, who is actually a singer. Um, in right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he never had any connections with politics, like very directly. Um, he was a member of certain parties, but he was never really expressing this um, political behavior before and intentions. Um, and then you have Tomasiewicz, um, who is, you know, an activist, um, a political scientist, um, and he has been um, very involved into the community from the early age. So the campaign was very interesting. Um, first round, I think it was not as interesting because there were more candidates. Mm -hmm. um, but for the second round, um, basically the only argument and the only way that the right wing candidate would, you know, uh, be visible is to run the campaign uh, with fake news. So this was what was happening a lot um, for the first time since the independence. We actually had um, a campaign that's very similar to actually Donald Trump ones. Um, so, you know, we had so many fake news, um, so many false um, information, disinformation, and it was really a challenge to filter it all because there was a lot of news outlets um, who were funded to, you know, um, run this kind of articles. Um, even you mentioned that I'm the part of the Croatian Youth Network. So mm -hmm. Tomislav Tomasiewicz was um, 
in the in the governing body of the Croatian Youth Network as well a few a few years ago. So there was this article which I came across where it says like we got we all got like everybody who was involved with the Croatian Youth Network actually got rich um, through the <laughs> Croatian Youth Network, and you know that he was able to found, fund his apartment um, because he was active in that network. So th there has been so many crazy um, lies and disinformation. It was really hard to track it all. Um, yeah, it was basically the first campaign of such sort in Croatia, and that was really surprising. Um, but honestly, I think it gave um, Tomasiewicz a lot, lot more power because like, I think all of the at least reasonable ones voted for him or stayed at home where kind of Miroslav Škoro, the right-wing candidate, he kind of kept only the really, really crazy ones. Yeah. Well, I think that's a, it's a brilliant sign for the, for the future that there was that kind of campaign and people didn't, enough people didn't fall for it. Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because this was another thing I wanted to ask you when I was, I was reading up about Škoro. It's very like Trump the campaign from what I can see but it's also it's it's like Zelensky in in Ukraine as well yeah what are your opinions on this this idea of celebrity politics because they're always they're always right-wing populists when they do get involved mm -hmm. as well you yeah know? it's it's a very strange phenomenon you know because yeah. when Donald Trump announced he he's going to you know be a candidate for the president of the United States nobody really thought that he had any chance because you know he's a celebrity yeah. and we saw that comes true and um, I was very worried that it will be the same for for Miroslav Škoda the right-wing candidate in our local elections and it was really um, I would say even scary um, to see how what like what 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 was his um, approach, and especially since he is fund actually he is involved in a lot of scandals, so it was really funny to see just like us for Trump um, to see how what what is his background, what is his history, and then what is he trying to portray about the other candidate. Um, and honestly, I feel like we don't have enough um, capacity yet. Um, to handle such campaigns. Um, I think we could do that now because we only had, you know, two people and only one was spreading false information. But, you know, try to imagine um, many candidates do that at the same time. So you have like the local elections and you have the same situation in Zagreb, Split, any other bigger city in Croatia. I'm not really sure we have enough capacities. We only have a few fact-checking websites where people can go to, and these are not well-known outside of our circles of people who like to be informed. Um, and yeah, especially now during the pandemic where, you know, false information gets spread out anywhere, even without any political events, um, it has been very hard to keep that under control. Um, but for the approach, it's something that surprisingly sticked to um, young people really well which was really interesting for me because I thought, you know, only older people could, you know, trust um, such such campaigns, um, but some young people also caught up. So it was like, this was like very interesting for me to see during these elections. Well, let's, let's go in a bit deeper then on in, when we talk about young people in Croatia, because Croatia only joined the, the European Union back in 2013, the, the final 
member to join. So what's, what's the feeling amongst young people in Croatia now? Because they're the first, the first generation, I guess, growing up as, as EU citizens. Like, yeah, are, they, yeah. are they generally pro-Europe? Yeah, it's very interesting to follow the development of you know young people during and after we entered the EU. And I would I am very lucky to say that actually most of the young people are supportive of the European Union and of the institutions of the European Union. And most of them actually utilize all of the opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think what was crucial during um, Croatia entering the European Union was basically to explain to young people what are the benefits you know, that they could be more mobile, they could connect with other young people, they could, you know, do international projects. So this was all very important to explain um, to them and, you know, to show them how many opportunities they could get. Um, So I think we did a good job and there is not as many skeptics as I would expect. Um, But what it's kind of um, a problem for Croatia is basically activism until now has not been a very popular word where, you know, on one hand, if you say political participation, um, people think of, you know, politicians with a lot of scandals. So they don't think as, you know, political participation as something good for the community. And, you know, on the other hand, you have this skepticism towards activism where, you know, uh, when you say the word activism, a lot of people think of, you know, people who hug trees and they're vegans. So there's, you know, a lot of different um, prejudice, uh, types of prejudice that we have to fight against. So this is still not really um, a thing that I'm perfectly in content with. So, you know, I would really like for these things to improve and for young people to realize that, you know, political participation is basically going out to vote. Um, we have quite a low um, youth turnout on parliamentary, local elections, presidential elections, European elections, like whatever election there is, there is a low turnout. Um, so I would like to, you know, tell them that this is also something um, that's called political participation. Political participation is, you know, posting a status update on Facebook about something that you are frustrated with. Mm-hmm. So. I think we should explain that to them a little bit more, even during their education. Um, but for 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 the rest, I, I think like towards the European Union, I think we are in a very good place actually. And especially when comparing that to the rest um, of the countries. And for example, some friends I have from Serbia are currently kind of fighting to you know encourage young people to be more um, less skeptic basically about the European Union and everything else. So I think when we compare to ourselves to some other countries that were on the same in the same position as we are now, I think it's getting better. Um, and of course, you know, from the youngest generations, uh, let's say like high schoolers who are now 15, 16, they're participating in these Erasmus um, projects, mm-hmm. like it's something normal for them. You know, when I was in high school, we didn't have as many. Yeah. Um, so I, I think they're starting to realize that life has a lot of a lot more opportunities than it did before absolutely and what about the country as a whole then not not focusing on on young people but have you seen big changes in croatia over the last what is it now eight years yeah um i think like skepticism kind of um has been falling down before the pandemic happened Mm -hmm. and then once we saw you know the pandemic hit really hard um we saw 
I mean, a lot of skepticism in general towards the government, towards any decision-making institutions um, on the level of, you know, on the local level, national level, European level, like all the levels. Um, but with the vaccine and all the measures and, you know, borders closing and everything else, um, a lot more people, like I would say older people, started to get kind of skeptic. Um, some, some, you know, some are just um, conspiracy theorists. So this mm -hmm. is why they, they became very skeptical. But uh, also, on the other hand, you have people who are not really believing that, you know, the European Union will protect us. Um, so, you know, you have several types of people who are now kind of doubting the whole thing. Um, I thought actually when UK kind of, you know, goes along with the Brexit, yeah. that there was be, there was going to be a lot of discussion about that in Croatia. But I haven't noticed as much discussion on Brexit and on whether we should follow with the same with the same example or something like that. So I would say things are generally good. Um, this pandemic has shaken things up. Um, but, you know, we are very um, short term. Um, so I think that once everything settles down a bit, um, we will still be, you know, trusting the, the institutions of the European Union. Hmm. Yeah, it's Croatia. I mean, geographically, Croatia is in a, a much more vulnerable location, you know. Yeah. To, I mean, there must be pretty high levels of migration and everything like that so it's I understand the skepticism and also I mean it's only been eight years in the EU yeah and it's only been 30 years since all the chaos of of the early 90s so it's completely I think the skepticism is understandable but it's also it's great to hear you say that it's not really there amongst young people because that's that's how it yeah yeah in general in the future yeah. I, I think that's um a huge um huge uh, effort is you know coming from the ngo sector and the civil sector uh with a lot of you know informal informal programs projects which are actually connecting youth um with the european union and the values for example my ngo is also um doing this project with the organization from brussels which is called green european foundation mm -hmm. um, we've been also working on projects to promote the european union uh, promote the greens the group in the European Parliament. So, you know, um, we've been doing a lot to work with young people and to show them what the benefits are. Um, of course, there's always going to be some skepticism and we are still a very, very young country, um, although it's like older than me, but, you know, <laughs> still very young in the political sense. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, so focusing then back on your own work in, in Zagreb, I mean, it's, it's clear to, to hear that you're excited about the results of the election. What, what changes do you want to see happen now in your city and what do you hope to be able to do and what sort of projects and work do you be, hope to be able to carry out with the new mayor? Well, I definitely hope the, you know, the civil sector will be a lot um, they, that we will be that we will have a lot more freedom to you know work on projects that we would like to work on and that we will actually have some institutional support uh, from the city of Zagreb because um, in the previous eras I would say now um, we didn't have I mean only the certain organizations had uh, which kind of you know had the same values or worked uh, with the current mayor and his people. Um, so there was a lot of nepotism, um, a lot of unfair advantages towards some organizations. 
And we were kind of sad about it because, you know, I really like um, working transparently and working, you know, for the community. And when you're just, you know, an organization that has a tight relationship to the mayor, and this is the only reason why you are successful in your project, I don't think that's um, either like a good practice, but also I think it hurts your reputation of civil society in general. So I would like to see fair treatment and for the city in general, I would like to see a lot more investment in education, um, in young people, especially um, in the infrastructure. So, you know, you probably know that we were hit by, by a huge earthquake last year in March. Um, but also we really felt um, the earthquake that was a little further away in December. So we have a lot of damage and our city has practically not even moved uh, one, one step since then. So, you know, I expect a lot of efforts to be invested in, you know, making sure that everybody has their own home now and, you know, that people can start living as before. Um, and also I would really like to see some work being done towards um, just fighting corruption. Uh, I'm very interested in my own work as well in fighting corruption, fighting for transparency, basically clearing up all the you know spider webs that are currently active. So um, I really hope to see, I have a lot of you know expectations from, from Tomislav Tomasiewicz and his team, um, but this is something I would like to see as a young person to, you know, um, but also, um, I would like to see Zagreb supporting other areas of Croatia, uh, giving examples of good practice, because in Croatia, we also have this issue where Zagreb is a very centralized place and everything happens in Zagreb. All the opportunities for young people are in Zagreb. So I would like to see Zagreb taking the main role in, in you know, strengthening the capacities of other cities as well. Um, so yeah, this is something I would like to see. Brilliant, they all sound like very, good goals to have and I think I think you're right to have a bit of um have a lot of demands for this new mayor yeah. because he sounds he sounds like an impressive an impressive man and let's see if he can back up the the reputation that comes with him yeah. I, I think we're going to leave it there um thanks a million for joining me that was really interesting I've learned a lot about Croatia I'm sure everyone else has too thank you it's been a great pleasure oh the pleasure is all mine we're going to leave it there so for today and I'll just let everyone listening at home know that next week is refugee week so we're going to have more articles more podcasts more interviews and just a lot more going on next week to to mark that occasion thanks again Kaya take care bye